As you may or may not know, if you clicked on this video, if you started watching this video, I've been working on this issue of overcoming retroactive jealousy for 10 years now. So needless to say, I've seen a lot, I've learned a lot, and I've worked with a lot of people. We're talking multiple thousands of people via email, via phone coaching, via video coaching. I've communicated with thousands of retroactive jealousy sufferers around the world. And needless to say, when it comes to this issue of retroactive jealousy, there's often a lot of things that is holding someone back from freedom, from peace of mind. Especially if someone's been struggling with retroactive jealousy for a long time, there's often multiple factors that are kind of holding back their progress. But there might be one factor that I see that holds a lot of retroactive jealousy sufferers back. One factor I see that is above all the rest. In today's video, I'm gonna talk about that. The number one factor that I think holds many retroactive jealousy sufferers back. My name is Zachary Stockhill from RetroactiveJealousy.com and since 2013 I've been working one-on-one -on -one with men and women from all over the world, helping them overcome retroactive jealousy, helping them overcome obsessive jealousy and save their relationships. If you'd like more information about my work or you'd like to work with me one-on-one, -on -one, please visit my website at RetroactiveJealousy.com. Just to give you a heads up, this video is going to be a bit of a stream of consciousness kind of rant because I have a lot of thoughts and there's a lot that I want to get off my chest here. So this might not be as kind of brief and punchy as a lot of my YouTube videos generally are. And for the people who are here for the first time, the term retroactive jealousy refers to unwanted intrusive thoughts, often obsessive curiosity, and what I call mental movies about your partner's past relationships and or their sexual history. And to all of you watching, I would say don't get too hung up on that word jealousy. Because quite often I hear from people and they say, yeah, I relate to the intrusive thoughts, I get the mental movies about my partner with their ex, I have the curiosity, but I'm not jealous in the classic sense. Retroactive jealousy obviously doesn't involve jealousy in that strict definition uh, all the time. The basic idea is constant intrusive thoughts and often curiosity around your partner's past. So don't get too hung up on that word jealousy. And when I talk about what holds retroactive jealousy sufferers back, what I'm talking about is when someone's struggling with this problem, when someone's struggling with retroactive jealousy, and they aren't making the progress that they want, they aren't making as quick progress sometimes as they want, or they feel stuck in a loop of intrusive thoughts and often obsessive curiosity, the mental movies, and it feels like they aren't making progress. So two things I would say. Sometimes these people are simply just not taking any action. This is obviously an issue for a lot of people. Some retroactive jealousy sufferers think that this problem will just magically disappear. I don't have to do anything to, to fix it. If you know, I just need to ask my girlfriend 800 million questions about her past and you know, I can just find the answer in some sketchy you know, discussion board online. I don't need to take any real action. I don't need to do any real introspection. I don't need to you know, really put in the work to, to beat this problem. That's a separate category of people. That's not really who I'm talking about in this video. There's another group of retroactive jealousy sufferers who aren't making the progress that they want. And the thing that's holding them back in the subject of this video that I wanted to get to today is they don't realize that the actual facts of the past and their interpretation or the meaning they make out of those facts are two separate things. Many retroactive jealousy sufferers are being held back by the stories they're telling themselves about the past. The past has no inherent meaning. And this is kind of a big philosophical idea that hopefully many of you are familiar with, but it's true. There is no inherent meaning in the past. There might be facts, there might be statistics, there may be events, but we are the ones who make meaning out of those facts and statistics and events. We are the ones who make meaning out of the past. And thus, our interpretation of the past is really all we have power over. We have zero degree of power or influence over anything 
that happened a moment ago, over anything that happened in the past. But we have 100% control over our perspective on the events of the past. We have 100% control over the meaning we make out of the past. And thus, many retroactive jealousy sufferers who aren't making the progress that they want are telling themselves a really unhelpful story about the past. And when I say telling themselves a story, I'm not being patronizing there, or I'm not belittling the story they're telling. I mean that literally, because we all tell ourselves stories about the past. And in essence, the way we heal from the past, maybe the way we heal in certain cases from past trauma, is to tell ourselves a better story about the past. Remembering that the past and our interpretation of the past are two different things. The past has no inherent meaning or truth. I'll give you a very personal example. Now, this is not related to retroactive jealousy, but it is obviously about the past. So maybe, I don't know, eight years ago or something, I was involved in a really, really stupid motorcycle accident. I was traveling in Thailand. I'm an avid motorcyclist. I love being on scooters and bikes and, and all that. But I was doing something really dumb. I was driving around without a helmet. And I hit a wrong turn and I fell off the bike and I, it could have been really bad. I could have been very, very seriously injured there. I could have broken my neck. I could have died. Thankfully, my injuries were relatively minor. So I've got a bad knee <laughs> now, you know, years later. Hit my knee pretty hard. And I also smashed my face on one of the rear view mirrors on my bike. So you can probably see if you watch this video and I look at it every day in the mirror, I've got a scar from the surgery I had that runs along my face here. And my face, you know, since that event has never looked quite the same that it did before that event. This was one of the most painful events of my life because I think before this event, I didn't realize how vain I was in many ways. I didn't realize how much pride I took in my face. And all of a sudden, for some time after, my face looked really different. And I only had myself to blame. There was no one else to blame for that event. You know, it was really only me. It was 100% my fault. And for a while, for about a year, the story that I was telling myself about that event was, you know, you're an idiot. What a dumb thing to do. You know, if you hadn't done that thing, your life would be so different now. You'd have your old face back. That was so stupid. It cost you all thousands of dollars in surgery. What, who on earth drives around without a motorcycle helmet? What a dumb, dumb, dumb thing to do. Zach, your face is never gonna be the same and your life is never gonna be the same because of your dumb mistake. So that's the story I told myself for about a year. Needless to say, I hope you realize, maybe some elements of that story to this day are true. That was dumb and you know that's true. But that isn't the most helpful story that I could be telling myself about that event in order to move on and in order to heal. So what's the story I tell myself about that event today when I look in the mirror? The story that I tell myself today is that, yep, that was dumb. Yep, that was an, an error of your youth that you can never take back. Yep, your face is never gonna look the exact same, but it could have been so much worse. I could have died, literally. I could have died eight years ago very easily riding around on a motorcycle without a helmet. It could have been so much worse. And maybe that event, as terrible and traumatic as it was, maybe that event was a lesson that I needed to learn so I didn't have an even worse traumatic experience on my bike in the future maybe that was the lesson I needed to learn. Because you can ask yourself, do I go riding around the streets without a helmet today? Absolutely not. I learned my lesson very, very clearly. And I think a big component in learning that lesson and moving on from that trauma and healing those wounds from the past is telling myself a better story about that past event. It's not about deluding myself. And when I talk about telling yourself a better story about the past or about your partner's past or whatever, I'm not talking about making things up or deluding yourself in any way. I'm talking about telling yourself, in certain cases, maybe a more charitable version of the past, a more positive version of the past, or a version of the past 
that can help you heal, that can help you move on. Another example, very classic retroactive jealousy example. My partner slept with X number of people, so that means that they're never going to be a good partner to me. They you know, lack the ability to pair bond or, or, or whatever. You know, They're never going to be satisfied with their choice to be with me. My partner was with X number of people. I hate it. And you know, maybe they're doubting their choice to be with me because they have this past experience to draw on. This is a very, very common retroactive jealousy story that a lot of retroactive jealousy sufferers tell themselves. So what's a better story that that person struggling with those feelings could be telling themselves? Just for example, there are many, but this is just one example that comes to mind. A better story could be, my partner slept with X number of people. I don't love that. And that's okay. It's totally okay not to love that. But maybe they got the self-knowledge they needed from those events and in retrospect, in hindsight, maybe those experiences were actually positive because they taught my partner that I am a better match for her than anyone else. Maybe she's one of those people who needed those past experiences in order to totally appreciate how incredible I am and how lucky she is to have me in her life. So which story is better? I think you probably agree with me that the second story is a better story that the retroactive jealousy sufferer, that any retroactive jealousy sufferer could be telling themselves. Not about deluding themselves, it's about choosing better perspectives, and it's about choosing perspectives that will fully allow you to heal and move on from the past. So my homework for you today in this video is to simply ask, and you can journal about this or whatever you need to do, but it can be really worthwhile to get clear about this. You can ask yourself, what is the story or stories that you are telling yourself about the past, maybe about your past or your partner's past or whatever, what are the stories that you're telling yourself about the past that aren't entirely helpful? Which stories could you potentially swap out for better, more proactive stories? Stories that are gonna to lead to more healing and growth when it comes to your relationship with the past. Thanks for listening to the Zachary Stockhill podcast. If you enjoyed this podcast, please be sure to subscribe and leave a rating and review on Apple Podcasts or your podcast app of choice. To learn more about my work on jealousy, relationships, and more, please check out my YouTube channel at Zachary Stockhill. For information about my online courses, books, and coaching service, please visit my website at retroactivejealousy.com.